Insights to Live By, the podcast, discovering new pearls of wisdom to enrich our lives. Well, season's greetings and welcome to Insights to Live By. I am your host, Matt Zinman, here for what quite awesomely works out to be our Christmas week episode. And I sincerely hope you and yours have been enjoying the holidays. And I don't know about you, but I am usually among that elite group known as the last minute shoppers. And we somehow always manage to perform well under pressure. Now, as it happens, I'm in good shape this year, just down to a stocking stuffing spree with our daughter, Greta, who's going to help me out, and of course, buying a nice bouquet for Erica. Guys, take note. I am also so incredibly thankful this year, and especially in this moment, for your joining the show. The podcast has been such a blast, and I'm having the best time. Insights to Live By launched on July 21st, and we'll finish the year with 35 episodes, which seems surreal. Of course, another high point has been publishing Zism's Insights to Live By and having the opportunity to guest on a lot of other shows, which I still do. And the audiobook will be out early next year, along with another offering I look forward to sharing and through which making a greater impact. All right, stay tuned. Now, as you may know, if I were to have any single trademark phrase, it's that there's no substitute for experience. And more to the point is that I believe experience is the key to career success, personal happiness, lifelong prosperity, and the ability to earn one's freedom, which is pretty significant. And that leads us to the topic of my last solo show called The Big Idea, which represents the culmination of my nonprofit and vision for the Internship Institute. In fact, The Big Idea is so big that it clocked in at just under two hours, which is more than twice as much as any previous solo show. And well, given that it represents my life's work over the past 15 years, those two hours are actually rather condensed. The big idea reveals the missing link to solve many of our most pressing social problems with exponential impact. From job creation and economic gaps to education reform and college debt relief. The list goes on. The big idea would create many tens of thousands of new jobs, many of which would be for U.S. veterans and would take many billions of dollars to realize. And the good news is that the funding already exists. And this conversation also uncovers 
the dirtiest secret in higher education, the hidden economic epidemic that's having a multi-decade impact on many millions of families, and the single next step that can bring this all to fruition. Okay, I believe you'll also enjoy catching our current guest episode with international motivator and icon Dave Crane. And in case you're less familiar with him, Dave resides in Dubai, where he has created a, quote, portfolio lifestyle as a digital stagecraft trainer, the host of the Speak on Stage TV show, and a highly acclaimed virtual broadcaster and event host. And for good measure, let's add thought leader, author, recording artist, radio personality, communication and engagement expert, BBC journalist, mental health professional, life coach, and renowned comedy stage hypnotist. So be sure to catch that interview and hear Dave's insights to design your life. Okay, with one minor ado is a brief programming note. Today's conversation, along with those in the next two solo shows, will refer to a number of specific concepts in Zisms that we've covered in prior episodes. So while it's not necessary for you to have listened through the full series, it's more beneficial to be familiar with those topics though I will revisit certain key points. And now let's set our sights on winning the battle within. And in thinking about it, there's no way to know how many people have ever viewed themselves as their own worst enemy. And my guess is that the percentage is sadly high. And hopefully, that's not currently the case for you. And naturally, nobody knows that enemy better than ourselves. And the key factor comes back to there being no substitute for experience and our being the only ones in our own heads. And what is it that ever goes so wrong in our lives that we reach the point of seeing ourselves as the enemy? And self-destruction aside, this is probably too soon to ask that big of a question. So changing the subject for now, let's start small by looking elsewhere than our innermost thoughts. In fact, this seems like the right time to do a negativity check. What if you could eliminate complaining from your life? And first, there's that one thing you have control over, your behavior. And as a refresher, let's go back to our example of being out with your friends and that restaurant server in a bad mood. And it may seem justified to complain. And after all, they're getting paid to serve you, and the customer is always right, right? But what good will come of that approach? Will that make you feel better? And what if you made a conscious decision to be empathetic about their having a bad day? And better yet, go out of your way to make them smile. And now you've made it easier for them to be nicer. And how would that feel instead? What about your friends? Well, you've less control over them, but did you really hope to hang out with them so that they could complain and have a bad time? The truth 
is that we never fully know, let alone have the slightest idea what's really going on with anyone. At any given time, you could be next to someone who is trying their best to just keep it together, which is to say to not fall apart. So whatever you do, do it with kindness in your heart. Act with intention and compassion and pay it forward and help them stay positive. That kindness has a way of making it back to us. Now, let's look at things the same way when it comes to eliminating self-complaint. And this refers to the kind that's in your head and your inner monologue, even about the smallest things. And what if, instead of being overly self-critical, you make a choice to be supportive and encourage yourself about how you'll do something better the next time? And when possible, give yourself the benefit of the doubt that you did nothing so terribly wrong in the first place. Or maybe you're having less than a stellar day. That happens. Just cut yourself some slack. Tomorrow is another day. And are you prone to making assumptions that cloud your thinking and self-perceptions? So let's say that there was something you said to your boss. And for whatever reason, you believe that it came off the wrong way. And you may be telling yourself, I sounded like an idiot. However, in reality, instead of their somehow thinking less of you, that thing you said was well-received. In fact, your boss is thinking, wow, they really know their stuff. Our perception filters and self-esteem play tricks on us all the time. And then there's what you say to yourself and don't even realize it, or don't realize it until after you've beaten yourself down. That's often a habit in need of breaking. You've got to stop that self-assault. And how can you accurately assess your actions among noise and negativity from your assumptions and continuous subconscious self-abuse? Constructive self-criticism has its place. Who, besides us, will help us improve ourselves? But if you're anything less then 100% certain that you did anything wrong, what's the point of putting yourself down about it? This brings us back to the logic of earned confidence and the reminder that there's no point in letting yourself worry about something not certain and that has yet to occur. You're fully capable of dealing with whatever challenges arise in real time. Life should be enjoyed, not endured. Is negativity and stress ever worth it? Well, that's a loaded question. But this comes back to self-sabotage. A lot of people deserve more than what they believe they can have and never get because they don't believe in themselves. So what will it take to believe? What's standing in the way of seeing yourself as who you aspire to be. All right, let's hold that thought before we end up down a rabbit hole of self-assessment here, but we do need to confront the most obvious point of all, which comes down to how we feel about ourselves, how we value ourselves, and how we treat ourselves. In other words, how would you characterize your internal compass about your self-respect, 
your self-esteem and your self-love? Well, first we need to clarify the difference between these qualities because they're often used interchangeably and yet they're definitely not one and the same. And they are all foundational to our quality of life and how we treat ourselves, how we treat others, how we allow others to treat us, and whatever that is, how we allow how others treat us to impact us on an ongoing basis. In my humble view, self-respect is about our positive internal values, such as honesty, confidence, humility, integrity, and having dignity. It's about accepting ourselves for who we are. And these traits apply both internally and externally in how we treat others with similar respect, as well as provide us with the armor to not be put down by others because you already know your self-worth. Self-respect is only one part of self-esteem. Put simply, self-esteem is about how we think and feel about ourselves overall. It's more than about our internal values. It's about how we value ourselves in terms of our abilities and skills. Together, self-respect and self-esteem are the essential ingredients that fuel self-love, which, in my view, is more about our active relationship with and our behaviors toward ourselves. If we think of our ideals for a romantic relationship, such as by holding that other person in high regard and treating them like gold, so to speak, self-love is the mirror image of that relationship with ourselves. Self-love is about having a high regard for your own well-being and happiness, in part by not settling for less than you deserve. It's about taking care of your own needs and not sacrificing your well-being to please others. We can say this is all open to debate, but since I'm currently in a monologue, I'm feeling pretty good about having a slight advantage. However, I believe there's one simple fact on which we can all agree, which is that nowhere on this planet is there someone just like you. You are the first you there has ever been or ever will be. And as obvious as that is, what's not as much is knowing how truly special that makes each and every one of us. We've all heard the saying that, We cannot love others until we love ourselves. Most of us know that the more love we experience within and for ourselves, the more we attract it into our lives. The more love we have for ourselves, the more love we have to give. The more we surround ourselves with love, the more it feeds our own. We've explored this energy exchange extensively. As with many other core topics we're covering here, Cultivating self-love can be like conditioning an unused muscle. It comes down to forcing yourself to change behaviors and turn them into habits. It may be uncomfortable at first and involve some sort of workout routine. So where are you with this? 
if you could meet your exact self as another person, would you like them? Would they be a good friend? Would they seem kind, genuine, and loving? Would they have time and patience to invest in your friendship? Would you feel good in their presence? Would they make you laugh? Would you truly want to spend time with them? Would they be a good influence? And though it may seem a bit corny to say, no one spends more time with you than you. And in truth, there are a significant number of people who have never forged a genuine relationship with themselves. And given that you're here, the odds are that you're not among them. And yet, too many of us do not feel worthy of love and goodness and therefore gravitate toward self-sabotage. A lot of people deserve more than what they believe they can have and never get because they don't believe in themselves. So what will it take to believe? What's standing in the way of seeing yourself as who you aspire to be? And if for whatever wrong reason you struggle to believe in yourself, start there. And on a positive note is the importance of just being good to yourself. Do you treat yourself like a best friend? Just be kind and give yourself a break. Are you overworking yourself? For what? Have more fun. If you want to go home and meet up with friends to share a bottle of wine or have a few beers, go for it. Live life. In short, be the kind of person you wish you had in your life because you truly are all you've got. And instead of this being about treating others as you wish them to treat you, it's to treat yourself in this way. And having said all that about self-respect, self-esteem, and self-love is something I view as a major barrier to self-improvement overall. Even when we define and distinguish them from one another, as we have, they can still feel very vague when it comes to setting goals, getting into action, and knowing what daily practices to follow. You know how you think and feel about yourself now, and you're clear about how you wish you felt about yourself, but how do you get from here to there? It's hard to wrap your head all the way around and can feel a lot like grasping at straws. We get stuck. And yes, self-respect, self-esteem, and self-love are all building blocks for living your best life. But at their very foundation are the two most essential mindset principles and practices within Zisms for getting unstuck and accelerating your personal growth by fostering your self-respect, self-esteem, and self-love. The first guiding principle, which should come as no surprise, is earned confidence. Once again, you've already proven to yourself that you're fully capable of dealing with life in real time. 
It's based on an undeniable logic. You've made it through everything in your life. And you're still standing. At the heart of earned confidence is that it grounds us in the present, which is to say we only need to deal with the real. Living in the moment makes it possible to experience gratitude, true joy, enrichment, and fulfillment. Being in the present also eliminates the negative impact of anything uncertain to happen and feeding on the stress from worry and anxiety unnecessarily. Earned confidence enables us to confront certain fears and helps us avoid making assumptions. And many of us strive for self-confidence, and that struggle is as real as any other. And yet, at least when it comes to earned confidence, it remains undeniable that it's the kind of confidence you've already earned and can apply to enrich your life. And hopefully, maybe now that you recognize and embrace your earned confidence, you find that it provides a solid foundation to strengthen and build your confidence overall. And that brings us to the other essential mindset principle and practice within Zisms that works in tandem with earned confidence. In a word, it's kindness. Now, when most of us think of kindness, the natural inclination is to view it as being kind toward others others, which to say the least is a good thing. But this personal building block and insight to live by is specific to self-kindness. It begins with a simple question. Why be anything less than kind to yourself? And that's as close to a rhetorical as one gets. And yet the answer may not come as easily for everyone. But there's really only one answer, even if we don't feel all that great about ourselves. Let's just buy in and make the choice to be nothing less than kind to yourself. What's all important here is to recognize that self-kindness is, at the very least, different from self-respect, self-esteem, and self-love because self-kindness is a highly tangible mindset. It's a this or that. You're either being kind to yourself or you're not. There's no in between. It's like a barometer. If we allow anything to compromise our self-respect or self-esteem or treat ourselves in a less than loving way, those behaviors become very obvious as being unkind to yourself. And my go-to example here is when to say no to something and someone. The moment that situation and decision arise, the operative question is whether it would be kind to yourself to say yes. If the answer is no, then say no. Because the consequence of saying yes is that your self-respect, esteem, and love all take a hit. And even more when you do that thing to which you should have said no. No, it can be hard to go against your desire to be a people pleaser, but even more important to know that self-kindness isn't 
selfish. There's also a good chance that the person doing the asking knows that they're overimposing and even being manipulative. Remember what we talked about with being aware of spiders. They try to take advantage because they know they can. And once you use self-kindness to escape that trap, they'll respect you more. But more importantly, is that you'll feed your self-respect, esteem, and love. If you catch yourself in the act of being unkind to yourself, as many of us often are, then consider what might be a loving approach. Do that instead, even if it doesn't feel natural at first. Practice unlearning self-abuse and just be kind to yourself. Just a friendly reminder, you deserve it. Really, you do. There's also another dimension to the self-kindness mindset that's at least as important as a foundational building block to get unstuck and accelerate your personal growth. In much the same way as earned confidence helps ground you in the present and counteract future uncertainties, self-kindness is the antidote to free yourself from unnecessary baggage from your past. More to the point, are any regrets, resentments, grief, shame, and unwanted fears, to name a few. These are all very straightforward, along with the qualities of self-kindness that apply, especially forgiveness. It's not to say that we can flip a switch and whatever residual negativity just disappear. But much of it takes a conscious choice, especially forgiveness. You have certain regrets. What will it take to forgive yourself? Do that. You have certain resentments and grudges toward others. There are certain reasons why you've not forgiven others, primarily that you feel they don't deserve it. And you're probably right. People wrong us all the time, but forgiveness in this context of self-kindness isn't about them. It's about you. Holding that negativity allows however others hurt us to persist. It may sound ironic, but our forgiving others stops them from hurting us further. It's not to say you have to apologize. Just move on. Now, If this is in an active relationship, like maybe a romantic one, and you're both keeping a scorecard and rehashing old arguments and open wounds all the time, it may be time to let it all go. Like, did you really marry someone to be hating on them all the time? That hurts you, and it hurts them. Scorecards are relationship killers. Now, maybe you're the one who did the wronging. Do you need to make amends? Is that lost friend or estranged family member worth it to never again talk to for whatever reason? For what have you not forgiven anyone? Are you sure the reasons are good enough? Are they worth it? Consider getting out of your own way and offering that apology you've found so hard to give. Again, is it really worth the open wound to you? In short, self-kindness is about unburdening yourself 
And this too will strengthen your ability to live in the present and rid yourself of negativity. Life is too precious and this world is too extraordinary to let anything pass you by. Are you dealing with grief? Well, I'm 53 years old. All of my grandparents are long gone. And it's coming up on 25 years since I lost my mom, 15 since my dad, and 10 years since my brother Dave passed. And some might find it easier to put lost loved ones out of sight and out of mind. And I actually make a point to include them in some of my gratitude practices. I'll I'll look at photos, re-enjoy those happy memories, but also feel thankful for how they've shaped my life and how they're still with me in positive ways. Now, just last month, my very good friend and longtime hockey buddy, Steve, died of COVID. And there's nothing to sugarcoat. It hurts like hell. There's no other way but through that or any other pain, but we do make it through. And with it, our earned confidence builds. Indeed, I believe that earned confidence and self-kindness give us all the advantages we need for winning any battles within. And that is the perfect segue to remind you that this is but the first of a three-part series spanning the full breadth of Zism's as insights to live by. So we've got the building blocks in place with earned confidence and self-kindness to foster self-respect, self-esteem, and self-love. Next up, we'll delve into detailed practical approaches to get into action for whatever culminates with your Zism's life upgrade. And these focus on four areas to accelerate your personal growth and continually enrich your life, including personal self-discovery and mindset, well-being, including managing energy and what it means to be a life athlete, improving interpersonal relationships and interactions, and legacy achievement by harnessing gratitude and amplifying mindfulness and overall life enrichment. We'll take a hard look to recognize the blocks that are keeping you from thriving, and more specifically, to get unstuck in your personal growth. We'll then dive into self-care for staying physically energized, mentally focused, emotionally connected, and spiritually aligned. This includes making energy work for versus against you and combating stress, namely spiders, and avoiding the pitfalls of manipulators, and removing toxicity from your life. And once you reset your relationship with yourself and recommit to your well-being, we'll move on to those with others, from improving romantic relationships and strengthening your tribe to sizing people up and managing conflict in real time. That all flows into life priorities around your legacy and pinpointing your why and overcoming the obstacles to achieving it by harnessing gratitude and self-belief. 
Not everyone is looking to make their mark on the world as much as just wanting to be happy. So I also share what I know, including a certain technique about how to get the job you want to secure your professional career and livelihood, which is pretty important. Of course, throughout these topics are a wealth of original resources and what I believe are innovative practices, many of which are previously unrevealed. That all culminates by customizing your life enrichment action plan or LEAP to focus on what you choose to do after we cover everything. As much as I hope you gain tremendous insight and take away what you need to upgrade your life, there's no such thing as a magic bullet. You'll still need to do what it takes, but at least you'll know what that is and how to do it and have every advantage to follow through. Having said that, it's essential to buy into the fact that self-care is not an indulgence. It's a discipline. It can require pure determination, a deep and personal understanding of your priorities, and a respect for both yourself and the people with whom you choose to spend your life. Loving ourselves is foundational to living life. When we nurture our self-love, we take better care of ourselves and make clearer decisions that propel us to be our best selves. And just in case you missed it, you deserve to be your best self and live your greatest life. So choose to be your own best friend instead of being your own worst enemy. And you're sure to win the battle within. Okay, that does it for me, except for an emphatic shout out to our next truly extraordinary guest for what is our special New Year's episode. Joining us all the way from New Delhi, India, will be Dr. Sangeeta Sahi, who has an incredibly storied background from philanthropist and humanitarian to what may be best described as a spiritual scientist. Sangeeta is a pioneering physician who has been able to combine her formal medical training with a host of complementary therapies based upon biophysical and quantum physical evidence in concert with mental, spiritual, and social systems as a single entity. And with us, she shares her insights and approach to personal transformation as a whole and what it means to live fully and most joyfully. It's a flat-out fascinating conversation that I thoroughly enjoyed, which is to say confidence is high that your experience will reflect that impression. Till then, be sure to fully embrace your earned confidence and be nothing less than kind to yourself. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Insights to Live By. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Matthew Zinman and join our community at InsightsToLiveBy.com. Wishing you and yours an enriching day, and we'll see you next time.